Welcome back to another episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast. My name is Woodrow Bellamy III. Today is Friday, July 24th. And on today's episode, we'll be catching up with the Vice President of Flight Operations for Exojet. But first, I wanted to remind everybody that you can still view our recent Global Connected Aircraft Cabin Chats virtual series on demand. It was a great set of uh, presentations, keynotes, roundtables, and question and answer sessions with a bunch of special guests. So please go check that out, www.gcasummit.com. On today's episode, I recently had the chance to catch up with Tyler Stubblefield. He is the Vice President of Flight Operations for Exojet. They have been continuing to fly through the COVID-19 pandemic since the uh, onset of travel restrictions in early March. We learned from Tyler actually how Exojet has changed its headquarters from California to Florida uh, recently, and also a little bit about how their passenger experience has changed, the airport experience, pilots are wearing masks, uh, passengers are wearing masks. They've also enhanced their cleaning procedures. And uh, we j- he kind of took us through a what it's like just arriving at the gate, getting on board an aircraft, you know, during this cur- current uh, COVID-19 pandemic that we continue to cover here at uh, the Global Connected Aircraft podcast, as well as through our other publications, Avionics International, obviously, and Via Satellite that are also covering the global in-flight connectivity industry. So let's get into our discussion with Tyler. So if you could just first give give our audience an introduction to your background and experience in the aviation industry, as well as your current role with Exojet. Yeah, you got it. So uh, I guess my background, my experience, it kind of started with a a rough season uh, playing baseball in college, and I shifted my focus towards uh, something different, looking for something different. I took an aviation class, loved it, uh, started loving school probably for the first time in my career and never looked back, went to Embry-Riddle in Daytona Beach, uh, finished flight training, became a flight instructor for a few years in Phoenix, and then I ended up at Exojet in 2011. I got hired as the first officer in the Challenger 300, and I've held nine titles since I've been here, and I'm currently the vice president of flight operations and director of operations. Got it. And so what is, what do you sort of do on your day-to-day role there? I mean, what, you know, as uh, Exojet is based in the Silicon Valley region, I believe, right? We, we used to be, we actually okay. just recently moved to South Florida. We're in Fort Lauderdale now. Okay. Really? I didn't know that. When, when did that occur? Uh, we closed out the move April 31st this year. Okay. I see. And so uh, one of the things we wanted to talk to you about Exojet's operations is um, obviously since the beginning of March, the COVID-19 related air travel restrictions uh, sort of hit a, uh, I mean, you know, airline traffic took a nosedive, right? But um, at the time and over the last few mm-hmm. months, we've we've interviewed quite a few business aviation operators that have said, um, actually, it's sort of the opposite, that they've been continuing to fly through the pandemic's restrictions 
and um, ha- you know haven't seen as much of an impact. Obviously, in April and May, it was a little bit different. Can you tell me the experience for Exojet? What what has it been like for the flight operations side? I mean, have you all been, you know, was April and May really down and you've seen an, a rebound or how has it been over the last few months? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great question. And it's really interesting how it's affected the market. I mean, there have been operators that have gone out of business because of this. Um, there have been operators that have parked planes, they've furloughed pilots, they've cut pay. Uh, but we as a company, as COVID begun you know the pandemic flooding through the united states what was interesting is we noticed a rise in travel and our passengers were bringing more luggage than usual and we kind of figured out that a a lot of them were just kind of going to their home that they wanted to hunker down in and then early april like you said when it was really bad that's when we took our biggest hit so for about two weeks uh, we were down a little bit over 50 percent flight hours and we, we made a decision as a company that we were going to ride this through and not furlough anybody, not change anything, still try to capture the market. And so after the rough two weeks, we started to bounce back pretty quickly in flight hours and legs and selling trips. Although the yield was different, we were selling them at different prices. Um, so we definitely dropped our margins to stay busy. And the legs bounced back first. And I say yield is still coming back. It's not quite what it was last year but it's probably 85% of what it was last year. Now, when you say the, mem- as far as ExoJet's flying, it's sort of a membership-based um, you know, uh, style of flying and, and it's private aviation. Can you explain to the audience how you've seen these members take these trips? Like, is it new one-time type of flights or are you seeing new membership signups or, and how are you adjusting to that? Because I would assume some of these are, you know, probably first time private aviation uh, users. Yeah, we, we have seen that. We've seen a little bit of it. I think um, the folks out there that were maybe traveling first class and they hadn't tried out corporate aviation are, are taking that dive for the first time. So we have seen an increase in memberships. Um, we do also sell trips kind of A to B uh, without committing to a membership. But that being said, our memberships are increasing, and I think it makes people more comfortable to secure travel in private aviation rather than commercial if uh, they have the means to do that. And But how does that work? So if you're, you all sell like empty leg flights, right? And if I am, you know, if I, I sort of usually travel uh, maybe first class for an airline, and now I want to go on ExoJet and I see the, you know, because you see these empty leg, especially flights um, advertised all the time. And, and, and I've seen, you know, how the app work, works and all that. How does that work as far as actually arriving to the airport and, and you know, taking advantage of something like that? Well, we, we try to make that product the same for all the different tiers of our operations. So we have, we actually do shuttle flights. We do shared charter um, which is kind of like what you're talking about, and that's why it's a little bit different, is if you're if you're going on the app and you're booking an empty leg, you're actually securing a seat, and, you know, rather than a, a whole aircraft charter to yourself. Um, so it allows, it's kind of like a gateway to get into corporate aviation, corporate travel, and you, know, you can secure yourself a seat, and then once, if it is an empty leg, then you might be the only person on it, or you might share it with two, three, four other people. Um, and then with some of the shared charters that are more along the lines of the schedule, those ones 
they actually have to hit a certain criteria. So maybe like once seven people book that trip, then it'll actually um, get scheduled and you can plan on it, if that makes any sense. Right. And as far as the COVID-19 pandemic impact on your operations, as just as far as the passenger experience on board, um, you know, what steps have you all taken? How has it changed? You know, I'm assuming you all maybe require passengers to wear masks and uh, some type of mask for pilots as well. But just overall, can you give our audience a sense of how it's changed that just, uh, you know, getting to the airport and getting on the airplane? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, the whole thing with private travel is it's, it's a personalized experience. And um, those of you that are used to traveling uh, at the airlines, you know, the pilots, they hop in the plane, they turn left, they shut the door, and you generally don't see them too much. Maybe they come out and give a PA announcement. But, um, you know, we're kind of, we're open cockpit, so our pilots are, um, they're used to, like, communicating with the passengers a lot. So I'll kind of walk you through from the beginning with private travel, you don't go through terminals, you go through what we call FBOs. It's just, it's an operator that facilitates, you know, the ramp and the fuel and the baggage services to allow the customers to get on the private jet. So that experience has changed because they don't allow people to hang out in in those FBOs anymore. They don't allow uh, people to come in and kind of see their families off. It's, they just want passengers to transit through and they've gotten rid of a lot of the amenities that, Passengers are used to having, like, you know, coffee, snacks, um, anything that could potentially transmit COVID, trying to reduce that risk from their perspective. Once they get out to the pilots, they're going to be greeted by uh, two pilots and potentially a cabin hostess, and they're going to be wearing masks and gloves. And there's, there's no longer the handshake that everybody's used to. Uh, as we all know, it's, it's, a, uh, it's social distancing, saying hello from uh, afar, and then throwing the bags and the pilots will wear masks and gloves whenever they transit through the cabin, but they're actually, they don't, they're not wearing masks up in the flight deck while they're flying the aircraft. So I guess overall the experience is a little bit less personalized and trying to social distance and keep the PPE on. And what about as far as the uh, in-cabin experience? Are you, have you all taken any any steps as far as uh, enhanced cleaning or maybe disinfectants with just within the uh, oh, yeah. cabin interior? Yeah, for sure. So on a high level, we have the, it go, our aircraft go into a maintenance every 10 days um, for significant cleaning and a good amount of downtime. So there's a 10-day and a 90-day that we do. And then on top of that, and, and the guarantees on those products is that uh, it's impossible for COVID to you know survive on the surface or in the air. Um, and that, that's the overall protection. But the pilots and potentially cabin hosts they're also wiping down the aircraft. So we're, we're scheduling additional time for them to do extra cleaning. So it's kind of a, a, a triple approach to keeping the aircraft clean after every leg, every 10 days, and every 90 days with maintenance. And is there any type of, I understand for the airlines and some other operators as well, you have to fill out some type of maybe questionnaire about where you have traveled to before you get on the airplane? Yeah, that's exactly right. So all of our clients, um, are filling out health declaration forms. And like you said, it, it talks about, you know, where, where have they been? Have they been exposed to COVID? Do they have symptoms? Um, it, yeah, health dec- declaration form. Okay. 
And uh, speaking of your aircraft, what type? The last time we checked in with ExoJet, I believe it was Challengers. Uh, just has there been any fleet changes, or what type of aircraft are you mainly flying right now? Yeah, so a part of our move that I was talking about earlier, we were acquired uh, about a year and a half ago from Disco Global Holdings, and under the ExoJet certificate, we've merged kind of two different brands. It's VisaJet, it's ExoJet. So the ExoJet side is Challenger 300s and Citation 10s, and then the VisaJet side is Global 5000s and Challenger 350s. Got it. And now we were mentioning earlier that you have seen sort of an increase in memberships and people switching over to private aviation travel. I understand that recently ExoJet compiled a list of the 10 busiest business jet airports. Uh, could you maybe walk us through like the top five or, you know, kind of the, some of the uh, top destinations you're flying to right now? Yeah, of course. So it, it's still, it, it's what, it's what you'd probably expect. It's uh, Teterboro, Palm Beach, Van Nuys, White Plains, and San Jose. That's, those are our top five. Teterboro being number one by a huge margin. Um, and I, those, those airports don't, they're not indicative of any trends and the type of travel that, uh, that the clients are uh, doing or utilizing with us. But what we have noticed is actually some of the airports that are lower on the list that are starting to creep up are, uh, is international travel. So as an operation, we've noticed a higher demand on the market right now for international travel, uh, like Europe, Asia. So as a company, we're staging ourselves to open up our scope and our theater of operations to uh, provide the needs for the increased demand for pretty much global travel. Okay. And, you know, um, one of the other things that we've covered uh, in the private travel industry in recent years, and especially with ExoJet and, and VistaJet as well, is just the continued digital transformation of the brand and sort of how you, you know, book a flight for an airplane. And even from the pilot side, just, you know, the, the electronic flight bag, tablet applications and that type of thing. Um, is there any new updates or just any new insight on that side that you can give us from ExoJet's perspective? Any new um, interesting digital innovation that, that you all are going through? Yeah, I, I'd say, you know, so I work predominantly in flight operations. So I can, I can speak a little bit on the commercial side and the, the changes that have happened recently are are surrounded around convenience, right? Like being able to just open up an app, I want to go from A to B, put your city pairing in, put the airplane that you'd like to use, and then boom, you get a quote. So um, it's all about making it as convenient and seamless as possible, but also uh, we have dedicated client services representatives that are available 24-7 that can communicate with anybody that's looking for a quote or maybe they already have a trip booked and they have some questions. So it's, it's just that 24-7 line of communication that's always available. Um, and then from the pilot side, we, to, to be honest, a lot of our, our recent development has been around supporting the pilots during COVID. And it, it could be something as simple as finding them food and, you know, finding like, you know, clean hotels with good reviews that are uh, away from hot spots. And so a lot of the recent focus has been around supporting the pilots during COVID and helping them focus on just operating the aircraft and focus on their job and supporting them as much as possible to keep them safe and uh, focused. 
And ha- so in, in on the pilot side, I mean, most of your flying has been domestic or are you getting down into like, you know, the Caribbean or anything? But has it mostly just been U.S. based flying for for the Exojet side of, of the brand? Yeah, for the Exojet side of the brand, yes, it is. It is mostly 85, 90 percent domestic flying. Uh, we do we do go down to South America and the, and the Caribbean, as you as you mentioned. OK. And so before we let you go, just for the rest of the year, uh, you know, as as the entire industry tries to get back to some sense of normalcy, um, can you just give us any type of perspective on what's ExoJet's focus moving forward? I mean, obviously, you're monitoring where certain travel restrictions open up, how regulations are changing, but just any type of perspective on how you all will will continue to operate and and monitor this COVID-19 situation. Yeah, and that, that kind of goes back to the strategy that we employed early on was that we are going to be ready to bounce back. So we're not going to have to bring pilots back and do training. And we want to capitalize the market as soon as possible, as soon as um, travel gets back to normal and restrictions are dropped down. And we're, we're already seeing that. So I'd say our overarching goal right now is to pay attention to the market, see what other operators, maybe they're going through struggles and and, you know, stock, a lot of stock is on sale right now. Airplanes are on sale right now. So we're kind of in a growth mode and we're looking to grow the company and also uh, defragment the corporate aviation market and try to like consolidate and, and grow into having Exojet be your one-stop shop, whatever your needs may be. I see. Well, eventually maybe we can have uh, Tyler back on the podcast and see how uh, this continues to shape and how it looks maybe once we get back to some sense of normalcy. Um, he is Tyler Stubblefield, the Vice President of Flight Operations for Exojet. Tyler, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much, Woodrow. It was my pleasure. Have a good one. So that brings us to the end of this episode. As always, please subscribe to us on Apple's podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast.